Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Guitar Stories Podcast. You know something, Dan? That theme tune has mm -hmm. just reinvigorated me. I've forgotten how much I love it. And every time I hear it, I think that's our theme tune. But for today, for some reason, it particularly rocked. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, it's got some solid rock and roll vibes to it. So Yeah, it really has. Welcome, welcome my friend. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Um, episode 67. <laughs> um, episode 67, possibly the closest between, hang on, for our guest this evening, the shortest period of time in between we've had this guest on the show, then had them back. But this That's time cool. back in full, I'm going to say 30 frames per second and um, beautiful, uh, pristine audio as well. Yep. Loud and clear. So yeah, it's good Mr. to Mr. Jack Gardner. It's good to have him back, right? Yeah, he's. Uh, if you're watching, by the way, if, if you're watching, of course you're watching. Otherwise, you wouldn't be receiving this information right now. He's <laughs> backstage. He's ready. He's queued up. He's in focus. He's excited. He's um, smiling. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dan, episode sixty-seven. We're very close to like seventy, which is which is a high number. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I'm gonna. I, I'm surprised. You know, we we said we were surprised to make it to seven. Do you remember back in those days? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and uh, yeah. 70 that's that's like a lot more than seven but seriously a lot has a lot has happened during you know that time span when we started and now it already feels yeah. like a lifetime so many changes so many technical issues so <laughs> many viewers and listeners so many guests yeah. um speaking of viewers and listeners let's say hello to the people in the chat hello connor hello valeria hello serang hello troy um, hello, I love it all. Guten Abend aus Deutschland. Melodify. Um, Justin Hombach is in the chat. Justin hey. from last week. Hello, Justin. <laughs> uh, Fergie in France. Um, uh, Dr. Dan's in the chat. That's you, mate. Hello. Siego, yep, yep. Siego guitarist. Uh, Studio Cumil is there. And then Sirkin Nissan 570. Haven't seen you for a while, mate. And Pooh Ninja, who's popping in just for a little bit today because he's got a meeting later on. He informed me earlier, you know, because that's the that's the latest Pooh news. Sweet. So our, yeah. our, our viewers are actually like excusing themselves if they have to leave earlier. Yeah. Actually, he's, I got cool. I got I got two people message me <laughs> saying I might not be able to make the show tonight or might only make a little bit. Isn't that isn't that awesome? That's really wow. really cool. The geek community um, is very well behaved. <laughs> them's the rules. Also, if you're listening to the audio version, be careful in your car driving or be careful or, or good morning if you're having your breakfast and listening or good afternoon if you're, you know, lazing on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Um, make, make yourself comfortable. Take your sippy cup or a nice bottle of Spezi hmm. and enjoy it. Oh, Actually, my cup uh, is matching your T-shirt. Yeah. I mean, for, for all Although Batman, my Batman is facing me. He should be facing you because it's a bit weird if you're trying to take a drink and Batman's staring at your nose. <laughs> <sighs> yep. That's a very comfortable. Um, yeah. Where did you get this from? I, I need to know. I need to buy that exact T-shirt. I think I bought it at Savvy DE. Savvy. Not sponsored. Okay. Completely not sponsored. Yeah. So no, not yet. Anyway, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. But I watched, yeah. but I, I watched the movie a second time and I enjoyed it pretty much as much as during the first time you know that was wow it gave me a lot more insight gave me a lot more time to reflect because i already knew and you know what's expecting a couple you know happenings in the movie without spoiling anything 
So yeah, Dan, Dan gave away a massive spoiler last week if you didn't watch or listen to last week's episode, and I'm going to give it away again. So spoiler alert: okay. Bruce Wayne is Batman. <laughs> yeah, big spoiler. You said it. Mic drop. I said it. It's done. It's out yeah. there. Um, personal news, Dan. I've got I've got to talk okay. about some personal news. Uh, very positive news. I had a gig on Saturday night, and I feel absolutely reinvigorated. The first gig I've had since um i think about july last year something like that and the last gig i did was a, a wedding you can't really call it a gig because it was a wedding and it was one of the worst if not the worst of my life and destroyed my soul this one on saturday was one of the smallest things i've ever played okay. um and it was laughable it was the room was slightly bigger than the table that was in there but um I had such a fun time and I managed to entertain people with three chords. We just did rock and roll and stuff. It was me and a drummer, me on acoustic guitar and, and a small speaker because you didn't really need a speaker because it was that small <laughs> um, and harmonica and, you know, classic. It was a 60th birthday party. It was for a friend. So I'm, you know, pushing the boundaries of calling it a gig. But what I want to say it was a performance in which I played guitar and sang and I, I feel so full of life because of this and i really really miss gigging so yeah if you haven't gigged in a while go and do one go and do anything go and get out on the street go and play you know anything anywhere it will reinvigorate your life i promise you or get you arrested you know depending on where you play that's the risk you take <laughs> any news from your side dan uh firstly uh news from fergie who says that i'm lacking any treble uh is that same for everyone or can you hear me loud and clear? Um, I can hear you loud and clear. I mean, I, I honestly, as we said earlier, I can hear a buzzing on, on your side, but um, yeah, that's like I, I can't do anything about that. But okay, did you play? Did you play Wonderwall? Yeah, that's a T-shirt. Do you know what? I put it in the set list. All right. And it was considered, and we didn't play it. It was like, uh, if it all goes wrong, I'll play Wonderwall and try and get it back on side. But it, yeah. as it was this guy's 60th birthday, it was like, okay, let's play seven Elvis songs, which are all three chord, 12 bar bluesy kind of songs. And um, he danced with every woman at the party, managed to knock over the camera that I was filming with on the tripod, uh, <laughs> knocked over the drinks, um, squashed a piece of the cake. You know, it was amazing. And he wasn't even drunk. It was just that smaller room that he was trying to dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we didn't play Wonderwall. Sorry. Apologies to all the Wonderwall fans out there. I'm not ashamed. It's not even a guilty pleasure. Mm. I play Wonderwall for anybody. Yeah. It's always good to have such a, a like fallback song. You know, the, the song that you could play at 4 a.m. in the morning if someone woke you up. Because that kind of, you know, gives you safety yeah. back. Even if even if you bumped a little bit and you had a, a song that didn't really work. Yeah. I always like that to have like a couple in the in the arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I I I won't win any cool points for the songs that we played, but I I will win people smiling and being happy points, and that's mm. matters to me much more. Sadly, um, more news I guess is that it was the day that was announced that Taylor Hawkins had had died, mm -hmm. and the drummer uh, Hans Peter was particularly sad, and and so was I. Yeah, so he was he was really really down and 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 yeah, he might even be watching or listening. But um, you did a really good job. You smashed those skins hard, and Taylor would have been proud of you. So, yeah, sad news about that. Um, yeah. I, it's, that's an understatement. But uh, there's not really much more I can comment on that that hasn't been commented mm. already. Um, yeah, so 
I'm very sad that he's gone. Hmm. Um, great performer. I mean, one of the greatest drummers. And, you know. Yeah, truly. I saw him with Alanis Morissette in the late 90s. I saw him with the Foo Fighters many times. And can I share this just with you, Dan, because no one else is listening? Sure. I used to have a bit of a thing for Alanis Morissette. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, I really did. And um, I went to see them play live. And I was watching her thinking, yeah, she's crazy. I, I quite quite into that. And for some reason, my eyes drifted off her and was, I was totally fixated with Taylor Hawkins then. So he, he got me off my, my Alanis Morissette sort of fixation. Oh, wow. So thanks for that. Thanks for that. Saved me, you know, just in case she was ever to meet me and never going to happen anymore. Isn't it ironic that both had like long <laughs> blonde hair? Sorry, did you mean to do that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> of course. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. Both long blonde hair, right? Both have long blonde hair. Alanis. Alanis Morissette. Was it she brunette? She's yeah, like, she was super brunette. She had long brown hair and she was spinning around in circles. And it was going out, and I was going, super she is nuts. Okay. I love that. Okay, so you went from brunette to blonde, and from female to male. It was absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. quite a change, but I got accustomed to it quite quickly. Yeah, and Taylor was a, was a handsome guy. Very much so. Yeah. Speaking of handsome, Jack's still with us. Uh, he's still there. <laughs> Have you got an introduction for our guest this evening, Dan? Of course, of course. Uh, a, a rather brief one because I uh, like foolishly threw away the, the other one. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to kind of rewrite stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, of course, let's give it a shot. So, tonight's guest is Jack Gardiner, who's a British solo artist and session guitarist based in Switzerland. Jack has been playing the guitar since age 15, later took lessons from Tom Quayle, who taught him how to play many of the crazy fusion-y legato licks that Jack is now known for today. In 2017, he joined Stu Ham for a comprehensive EU tour and also became a member of British pop rock band China Crisis as their new guitarist. And in 2020, Jack released his debut single, Sky Blue Pink, featuring Owane, that was followed by the EP Escapades, with which Guitar World praises as, Andy, now listen carefully, a fusion <laughs> masterclass with an execution to die for. Whoa. And I think that's he... what some people said about my show on Saturday, actually. Fusion <laughs> of crap songs and, and beer. <laughs> and if this wasn't already, like, icing on the cake, then uh, what... There's another, uh, another quote uh, from Tom Quayle, who, when I told him that Jack would be on the show, he said he's uh, probably one of the nicest chaps in the whole industry. And that's, you know, if, 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 if one of the nicest chaps like Tom Quayle is already saying that, that's like uh, 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 up there, you know, top that's level. Nice to the power nice. of nice. That's exponentially yeah. nice. And he's, he's squirming in his seat. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see the British has not left you even in Switzerland. <laughs> Um, okay, well then, in that, without further ado, um, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Gardner. Hello, Jack Gardner. What's hey. going on, guys? Thank you Hello. for having me. Thank you for having me again. You're welcome. <laughs> this yeah. is technically the third show that you've been on in the space of a couple of months. Um, uh, actually, you got applauded last week because I mentioned that you'd bought a Wi-Fi extender so you could be on the show and, and make sure that things were were working. So thank you for doing that. Is that, is that a true story? Ninja new? <laughs> yeah okay he's he's been on it has he 
Yeah, because I got a random <laughs> comment from him the other day, like looking forward to Tuesday with your Wi-Fi extender, and I was thinking, <laughs> well, has he hacked into my you know, like, <laughs> personal messages here? Or... I'm not saying that he did learn from last week's show, but who is all knowledgeable is om- omnipotent. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, yeah, a pleasure to have you on. A pleasure to hear and see you. Welcome to Guitar Stories 67. You've been, you know, you've been bumped up a few numbers. I think it was 62 you were on. So, uh, well, hopefully we'll get a full one by 70. You know. <laughs> 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 but no, thank you very much for having me, guys. Good. Um, Good for the people in the chat, if you have questions for Jack or if you want to talk to Jack and give some shout outs, save it for a little bit later because we're going to do the news of, or guitar news and we're going to do picks of the week and things like that. But think of questions, you know, if you have them, store them in your question box and uh, we'll get them on the show in a little bit. And um, I'm stalling for time because I realized that when I resynced my Google Drive, I didn't get those picks from the Gibson guitar den. So um, we can't. I, oh, let's just do the Gibson news without picks because I haven't got any. Okay, fair enough. I mean, maybe don't send them to me via WhatsApp. You know how that stresses me out. In the middle of a show, I'll just send you a meme that I've just created. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you know, I'm the meme master. You know, I spent my whole weekend doing memes of uh, Will Smith smacking the, the crap out of Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was hoping we weren't going to bring that up, but there it is. <laughs> I'm still no, on the no. fence. Nah, no. All right. So, um, yeah, what are we talking about? Are, are you talking about the Gibson Adam Jones Les Paul Standard that got released? Correct. Correct. Yeah. There's not too much to say about that because that was actually news that just got released a couple of minutes before we started the show. But it says that Gibson has now officially released a standard edition of the quickly uh, sold out Les Paul standard in antique silver burst. And um, yeah, apart from that, I mean, it reads like all the all the fancy marketing texts that we all know and love. But the actual eye catcher is definitely the video that Gibson um, put out because they have a couple pretty cool like GoPro esque close ups, you know, of the, of the actual guitar, which I really liked. I haven't seen uh, that. You haven't seen those? Yeah, that's that's nope. pretty recommended. I mean, specification-wise, you know, it's a Les Paul, so there's not too much, uh, you know, differentiation from that. Les Paul mahogany body, maple cap. Um, it's got what kind of pickups does it have? I don't even know. Just say here. Um, but here's a special thing: it's got an ebony fretboard, so a little bit of Les Paul custom vibes. Nice. Yep. And uh, what also makes it special: it's got the custom Adam Jones artwork. On the back of the headstock, you know, it's a kind of concentric circles, and it's got a Adam Jones engraved truss rod cover to remind you that it's actually a signature guitar. Yeah, it's got what on the back? Adam Jones artwork or signature? Yeah, I think it's like uh, it's supposed to be some sort of uh, concentric circles. But here uh-huh. in the images, but here in the images, I can't find them. So maybe that's something I, I was. Yeah, mistaken. I'm just looking at it now, and it, it definitely doesn't have anything that that seems special to me. I'll, I'll try and get it on uh, on screen. Hang on, there we go. That just that doesn't look. No, 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 not the back of the of the of the um, actual body, but of the headstock. But maybe I was mistaken. I don't know. Well, the I headstock's there. Look, look at the bottom of the screen, Dan. Where? I oh okay. 
No, but in the video. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, in the video. Sorry, Jack, you were masked by some guitar then. If you um, are one, if you are one, one thirty in the video, you can clearly see that in the on the back of the headstock there's some graphics, and that's not mirrored in the actual product images, which is kind of weird. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Underneath that picture I just showed you, it says Adam Jones Les Paul Standard Rear question mark Official pics from the site are incorrect, as this is a custom. Okay, so the oh, custom right. they've they've got the pics on the side of the custom. Um, right. That's misleading. The pickups, by the way, are uh, burst buckle ones in the neck and a high, open coil DC high gain humbucker at the bridge position. Okay. The custom shop had Seymour Duncan's, so that's not the same pickups. Nope. All right. Well, that's news. I mean. It was a pretty weak uh, week in terms of uh, guitar news. Gotta be, gotta be, yeah. yeah, Jack, we were talking honest, about that. I think you, you messaged me and said, quite literally, I, I don't know. What, what, <laughs> what's been released? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I think there was yeah, the so, and another, another Gibson. That's all I said. Yeah. And yeah. I, I picked it. Do you know, I still haven't got over the Gibson Theodore. I'm, I'm still, it's still in my mind. I've woken up thinking about it. Seriously? I don't Seriously, talk about that seriously. Again? All right. Here, I do want to talk about the Theodore. Yes, I do. All right. all right. Okay. Let's talk about Theodore. I got to give props to all the guys in the group that kind of changed the headstock because it looked so much better with a different headstock. You know, if you get rid Which of. Which was your top, favorite? Uh, actually, I think the Epiphone kind of. What's that? The Badwing kind of headstock? The Coronet headstock? Is that right? Oh, the, the one that I made. Okay then. Yeah. Yeah. That looked pretty, pretty fitting, you know. I think so. Was, was uh, Ryan Ryan Burke made one with the what did he do? He reversed the the Banana Explorer um, hockey stick thing, so he reversed it. All that right. looked cool. That looked really cool. I did the bikini logo one, the Epiphone bikini, which is like from the Wiltshire, and and the oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the the Batwing, which I think the Batwing rocks. If they do an Epiphone version, if it costs under seven hundred bucks, I will probably buy one. Okay. If it has a thick neck, like a like a fifty eight neck, a big chunky neck, I will one hundred percent buy one and I'll even go up to a thousand in that case. You have my word <laughs> on that. All right. By the way, I know you hate it, but I sent you actually a screenshot of the back of the headstock. So I in case you, you want to show it. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard the WhatsApp thing ding and I thought right. I know what that is. That looks a bit a bit witchy pagany. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Let's yeah. summon some demons. Okay, well, um, the, I guess the next piece of news is that we're talking about Gibson again, and, and we don't often talk about that particular guitar company because they don't often do things that please us, but they have. They have. <laughs> um, we might actually have a Gibson guest on in the show, if you remember, uh, Dan. We're not going to mention who yep. it is. Yep. Um, I'm not saying it's not Slash, but we might have a Gibson guest on at some point uh, in, the, in the future. They have Super confirmed close. they will, very, will come very, on. Very similar. Very similar. Right. Oh, right. Let's move on from Gibson. Let's let's pretend that the Theodore doesn't exist. And okay. um, we'll go for, I don't know, let's say my, no, your pick of the no, week, Dan. My pick of the week, yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right, so my pick of the week, I'm cheating a little bit because this is not an official product, but still it was the thing that kind of got me excited the most throughout the week. 
And uh, as soon as Andy is sharing an image, I will commence with describing it. And it was actually the confirmation by Wolfgang von Halen, who said that uh, they are working on a semi-hollow EVH guitar. And mm-hmm. there are a couple. There are not too many, too many specs yet to be shared. You know, starting from price. That's it's kind of not fixed yet to to the actual specs. But there are a couple um, idiosyncrasies to the guitar that I find very appealing. First of all, it's called the SA one two six, which stands for semi acoustic. And one two six is actually the birthday of uh, Eddie Van Halen. He was born January twenty sixth. So I think this is a very nice take. And uh, considering that. Eddie wrote a song for Wolfgang called uh, 316, which is his birthday. That's even a pretty nice nod, you know, up to the clouds where Eddie is sitting. Also, um, the guitar is said to have not an F hole, but they modi- modified it uh, to have an E hole for Eddie. Huh. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. 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 So that's the E hole. Yeah. And apart from that, I mean, talking about that's probably a perfect uh, segue because uh, we've been talking about the new shape as a Theodore and what kind of intrigued me about that guitar is that it's it's pretty much in the vibe of the solid body EVH kind of style but it's mm-hmm. also quite different and it brings a new shape to the table and it kind of looks interesting to play and given that that Wolfgang is touring with it he is, has now the ability to kind of road test everything and make sure that it's a nice playing and you know, road-worthy guitar. Yeah, and from there, I mean, I'm looking forward to the release of this model because it, it's, it looks promising, and I've, I've been intrigued to kind of try it out. I love it. You love it too? Okay. I love it. I think I love that design. I think the body looks quite big, which I love. Mm-hmm. It looks like a, like a fat jazz master had a baby with a 335. <laughs> All right. I, I, I love it. Uh, Jack, what do you think? Yeah, man. I mean, personally, for my taste, the body, I'm not a massive fan of that shape, but it looks cool. I like the white. I like the E-hole. That's a really um, cool <laughs> homage, I guess, to his dad, you know. Maybe not something that I'd, I'd play, but yeah, looks cool. Are you are you a semi-hollow guy, like, occasionally? Do you know what? I've never actually played one of them, think them. I've always wanted to have like a jazz box, you know, to, I guess I've never had the opportunity to play a gig in that style. So it's, it's always been one of those. It's on the bucket list, but I still haven't got around to playing one yet. That's interesting. Okay. Fair enough. I was just wondering, like if if I, I'm back again, Uh, if I were to pass an untimely and I was, you know, particularly good on guitar, I wonder if someone would make a guitar with an A-hole in it for me. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It, you know, it was spinning round. I had to get it out. And, and I feel particularly stupid this week, so it's there. Um, oh, wow. uh, Jack, do you know that we do buy, borrow, or burn? Did we get to that part of the show last time where we buy was... something and we borrow just as is that where it crapped out? Yeah, yeah. Didn't want to play the game. Well, Dan said to me that he's convinced he's going to win this week. So you know, there's that. So we've got we've got to try particularly hard with our pitches tonight. Mm. But okay. I, I, I'm I'm actually okay with with Dan winning. <laughs> um, with that being said, Jack, would you like to go next, or would you like to you know finish off strong? 
yeah i'm gonna say the boss space hacker it's a classic okay. isn't it um i'm not sure like there's two versions that have been released yeah, the compact version and the bigger one. I've actually never played a real one, but in the boss units, I used to use, well, it was my main board for a lot of the China Crisis stuff because they originally, when they recorded, it was all, you know, Roland JC 120s. And I think Eddie, the other guitarist, was a Roland artist or boss artist back in the day. So when I was like recreating tones, this was something that I'd use quite often. And it, it sounds amazing. It's reverb and delay, I think, isn't it? The Space Echo. Yeah. So I'm yeah, and it's got a, it's got a preamp. Some people use the preamp in it uh, to get some oh. nice little, uh, you know, those tiny little nuances that we tend to love and obsess over. Nice. But yeah, there's there's two different versions. There's the R, uh, RE2 and there's the RE202. So the 202 is more akin to the RE20 that did come out and has more options and the RE2 is a boss compact. Um, I was fairly excited by the RE2, but when they announced the RE202, that's that's where it's at. But it is mm. quite pricey. It's I think it's 399 the RE202. So it's okay. serious pedal money territory there. Mm. Um, but I, I said this last year um, that 2022 seems to be the year of the delay and it seems to be that that's the way we've got the, the Line 6 um, the DL4 reissue Mark 2 seems to be a lot of delay this year I've done a few delay pedal demos this year and I'm running out of delay riffs if I'm honest I might just you know <laughs> go with the squirmy noises um, <laughs> But there is another channel that, that covers all that stuff. Yeah, I I, I think it's great that the the RE. I, I actually played a, an RE. What's it called? The original Space Echo, two hundred one, three hundred one. Oh, blanking at uh, a TGU eighteen with with Matt Knight from Boss, and he compared it with some other stuff. It was great fun. Right. But uh, the actual tape winding was uh, was a pain in the neck. So this thing seems to be right. Also, the RE twenty is quite prone to breaking down. So I think they fixed some of those issues with the RE202, I hope. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. to see the, the RE201 being shrinked down to such a compact size is kind of pretty intriguing as a, you know, for gigging musicians. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. I use the, the IK Multimedia plugin quite a lot. That's really, really good. Okay. There's some good okay. stuff on that. And I'm not sure if it's part of Amplitude, but it's, it's one of the uh, IK stuff. Okay, that was a strong pick, Mr. Gardner. I think that's going to be popular. I'm going to go with another guitar, I think. Andy's pick of the week. Okay, I have picked a Fender guitar from one of the JV series. There are four on screen at the moment. Um, there is two. There are two Strats and two Tellies. The one that I have chosen is the Strat with the humbucker at the bridge. And this is the Fender JV Modified series. Um, so they've reissued stuff from the 1980s. And the reason I've chosen this is because of the neck specs. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got a basswood body, but it's a soft V profile with a nine and a half inch radius, which is absolutely my bag. Uh, that, I think that's going to feel amazing. So that's the I don't I didn't really look at much of the rest of the guitar if I'm honest apart from the price which is about 1200 euros. Um I just think with that neck any guitar that has that neck profile excites me. Um 
And also it's really vintage looking, but it's got a humbucker at the bridge, which which sounds like fun. And it's, I don't know, I think the colors are pretty. So this one is a two-tone sunburst with a white scratch plate. There's a white one with a, scratch, with a white scratch plate. There's a gold telly and a, with a white scratch plate and a white telly with a gold scratch plate, which <laughs> normally I would be all over that telly with the rosewood neck, but I had to go for the strap because it, it really excited me. Hmm. Um, I was surprised to see you pick not the firemist gold telly and instead go for the for the strap uh, for, for the strap. Yeah. Hang on, let me just check the specs of the telly because it was the strap <laughs> that spoke to me. Hang on. It also has the soft V. You know, all of these have the soft V at a nine point five inch radius. So I was I was very surprised. You know, I think it's because I still haven't found my perfect strat. Okay. I found my perfect telly. It's this one. It's here. It's a custom shop telly. It's fifty two. It's got also a soft V, ten fifty six neck. I don't think I'll ever beat that as a Telecaster. I still haven't found my favorite, my, my number one Strat, even though I have a custom shop Strat that is close to the telly. That's that's what I'm thinking, Dan. I think that's why I've gone for this Strat. So okay. oh, that's, I'm trying to understand myself here. I think that's I think that's my thinking. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, I mean, if I'm going to win this week, I'm probably going to have to cry or something like that or, or <laughs> tell, a, tell a sad a good... story. That's a strong pick. That's a very strong pick. I like that it's got the vintage Alnico humbucker in the bridge position because it's mm. much more versatile with the HSS configuration. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, the, the made in Japan stuff is always pretty amazing. So they are Fujigen made. And uh, I mean, the price take at 1350 is absolutely fair for what you're getting. So, you know, that's a, I think it's a good package. You know, if, you, if you're into the, in the market for a guitar with a with that kind of vintage radius and the soft V, that's probably worth considering. Mm -hmm. yep. I agree. HSS I think we can all agree. Sorry. No, HSS, I was just going to say, that's my bag all over, 100% in a strat, versatility, you know. Yeah. I wonder if you can split that humbucker. That would be even even more interesting. Mm. I doubt it's there as stock. I don't think it's there as stock, but you never know when you open these things up. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd be super interested in that. It's It's... Yeah, I, I I dig it so hard. Oh, it's thirteen forty nine. I beg your pardon, Dan. Yeah, I said twelve hundred. It's a little bit more expensive than I expected. Another hundred fifty bucks. But I'd still get I'd still get the Epiphone, the Epiphone that doesn't exist. I'm I'm killing my own pick here. <laughs> what you had such a strong pick, and now you're kind of undermining your oh, own pick God. by fantasizing it. You know. I can't help it. You're a real geek. I'm too you honest. You fantasize I'm... about other women. You fantasize about other guitars. What's wrong with you? Yeah, sorry. Well, that's the way it is. Let's go <laughs> to our chat and see what the chat is saying about yeah. our picks. Um, dee -dee -dee. Sarang is saying it's the first ever proper run with Fuji Gen that Fender have done, right? That's a question. Uh, they only did briefly do something with Fuji Gen in the year in the 1990s. I'm not sure, but I had a 90s Jazzmaster, which I actually returned to the shop because I couldn't understand the bridge because I was young and stupid or young and yeah. uneducated and without the Internet back then. Um, and I really, really regret taking that back. That was a mistake. Uh, 
but yeah that was a that was a great guitar apart from the bridge which i later realized you you need to shim the neck and file the thing and do the thing with the thing and then you've got a guitar <laughs> um studio humil they're gonna do some picks there how can i bring up the chat there we go right um studio humil would um do all that stuff okay let's play the little jingle because I've, I've managed to fix the jingles and we'll find out who's going to get bought who's going to get borrowed and who's going to get burned buy borrow or burn right fergie in france is going to buy the space echo get in there jack borrow the white strat and sadly burn the evh i love evh got a wolfgang but this is just marketing that's a strong take <laughs> oh, I. How do we feel about that, gents? That's that's a, that's a strong take. I don't, I don't think I agree with that. I don't know. They're not marketing it yet. He's just playing it on tour, so. Oh, I see his point, but I I like the guitar, but I'm happy that you didn't win. So I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> um, Valeria Wood, uh, buy the space echo. Two for Jack. Borrow the EVH out of curiosity and burn more fenders. What? What is going on, Valeria? <laughs> okay. Um, Studio Camille has a 94 Fuji, Fuji Strat. It's very good. Cool. Troy Collins uh, would buy the Semi Hollow, borrow the Strat, sunbake the Echo. Okay. Okay. That'll that'll do. That'll do. We've got one one for Dan. Two for Jack, zero for me so far. Um, where's, where's some more? Come on, people, throw me some stuff in the in the in the chat. Um, JV, no, JV is not Jimmy Vaughan. It's Japanese vintage. Thank you for the person who asked that question. Um, Sarang, did I put that on the screen already? No. Uh, buy the Boss RE two hundred two because hell yeah. Borrow the E Holocaster. <laughs> Because hell yeah, times two. Burn the JV Strat because A doesn't have interesting colours and B don't like soft V. Right, so burned. I am seriously losing this week. Can I change my pick back to the Gibson from last week? <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get burned, I want to get burned with you know with full intention. Uh, Christopher Lewis, let's do a couple more. Word buy the boss, borrow the strat, burn the EVH. Oh, that's not a nice thing to say about Eddie, but Eddie was, I'm not going to say that. Some nice things not said about Eddie, but I, I don't know. I never met him. Uh, Christopher Lewis obviously has met him. Uh, Seagull guitar, buy the strap, borrow the EVH, burn the space echo. Yes! <laughs> the only comment that counts so far. Um... Oh goodness! I don't, I don't even know why I want to win. It's not even. I don't get anything. Um, what, Valeria says I'll also lose with the Theodore. Um, <laughs> just Justin, Justin Homback. Hello, Justin has said I finally need to buy a pedal, so I would choose Jacks. Oh, very nice. That's I think lovely, I think we it? have a winner, yeah. Andy. I think we have a winner. Well, I could just, I could just be cherry picking these comments, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just I'm browsing through those. Okay, you're you're checking me. Are you Craner would buy the RE202, borrow the EVH, burn the strap because the natural telly is nicer. 
Do you know what? I'm I'm happy to lose to you, Jack. If I'm honest, I'm, <laughs> it's not even losing. It's just beginner's luck. <laughs> okay then uh i'm gonna pick for dan i think dan would buy the evh no no i think dan would also buy the boss borrow the evh and burn the fender daniel doctor mm, nope i would burn the boss because I've got already my perfect delay pedal. And Which my is? pedal board is uh, the Strymon Timeline. Mm, oh, get you. Get you and your money. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> also, the Electro uh, Harmonics Memory Mints, they are, they are amazing too, but they're very kind of, you know, easy to break on when you're gigging. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's a tough one, actually. Huh. You know, I'm, I'm very kind of. I like the Japanese stuff they put out, so I'm actually intrigued to to try the Defender and and buy the EVH because I I only have like one semi-hollow guitar, and I, I'm really digging the looks, especially because like the Theodore is so much different to you know conventional shapes, and it's got its own take, and you know it's got a cool retro vibe with with the the kind of you know all the dings and dongs, the kind of relic finish. So yeah, I'd say I borrowed Strat just to give it a shot against maybe an AZ. And uh, by the EVH, there you have it. Okay, okay. Um, how are we doing this, Jack? Do you want to guess for me, and then Dan mm. guesses for Jack? Yeah. I always get this wrong. I can never figure out who guesses for whom, and I've I already guessed. <laughs> I know that. Right, I'm going to take myself out of the equation. You two sort the rest out. So I guess for you, do I, Andy? Yeah. Right. I think you would buy. The Strat, I'm going to say. I think you'd borrow the EVH and burn the boss. I could be totally wrong. I'm just winging it. And you're making the funniest of faces. <laughs> <laughs> because I've just realized how difficult it was. I was so fixated on winning that I thought I forgot to have to, have to burn something. Um, I've just realized that i would <laughs> no oh god all right the, the two things that i'm i'm confused about is the boss and the fender the evh is definitely being borrowed oh okay okay hmm. i think oh oh i think i think you're right did you i forgot what you said did you say by the fender no i said was it by the evh Oh, now I'm borrowing the EVH because I want to try it. Sorry, Jack. Um, hang on. I'm going to. Oh, this is tough, isn't it? How does everybody. How do the people in the chat do this so quickly? No wonder I end up <laughs> complaining and people. Yeah. Uh, okay. I am. I'm buying the Strat. I'm borrowing the EVH and I'm burning Jack's boss. I'm very sorry <laughs> to everybody involved. <laughs> oh, but only because there's only. It's the game. That isn't actually what I'd do, of course. <laughs> but hang on, let me just fix it. If that isn't the strat of my dreams that I hope it is with that neck, then I would then burn the strat. Hmm. And buy a Gibson Theodore. <laughs> All right, now Jack. No, Jack, Dan needs to guess for Jack now, yep. right? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm rubbish at this. 
for Jack. Oh, um, Jack would definitely buy the boss because it's a probably a very versatile pedal, and you know he can make beautiful sounds with it. He would. Oh, that's difficult now. I mean, he already said that he doesn't own a semi-hollow, so he, he might probably be intrigued to try out the the Wolfgang, the SA, what was it, 126 guitar? And, I mean, he's got so many HSS guitars, and, you know, his arsenal of, of, of Ibanez and other guitars is probably super big that he doesn't need another Strat. So, you know, despite it pr probably being a pretty good instrument, he would burn Defender, my assumption. Mm. I say, I'm going to say, actually, you can never get too many strats. <laughs> so, wow, okay. <laughs> so, no, I'd buy the boss 100%. Ah! Just, um, just because I think that would be a cool thing to have in the rig. Borrow the strat. But I really okay. didn't like the look. Sorry, Eddie, but I didn't like the look of that. Um, <laughs> the, the What is it? The EVH. Don't know why. Yeah. It didn't do it for me. The, the big body down below. And then... The E hole, if that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Close though. Close though then. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I really would have thought you'd have bought the strat being an HSS. You know, you, you, you waxed lyrical about the HSS. I thought I was in there with a chance. That was, it was um, tough. I'll give you that. I think it was very tough. But yeah. <laughs> Were you also, was it for you, Jack, tough between the boss and the fender? Were you decided on the EVH? Because that's that's where I had my yeah, issues. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, the EDH was a ban for me. So sorry. <laughs> I mean, why do I care so much about something that means so little? It's ridiculous. <laughs> How dare I say that? Sorry, people that care about this part of the show. I, I do care about it, but it is, in the grand scheme of things, not that important. <laughs> um, all right. Um, there are some people, Jack, already asking it. Can they ask Jack questions? So there are people dying to ask you questions. I don't know what they are, but we're going to find out in a little bit. Um, the gear stuff is over for a little bit. We're going to talk to Jack about headless guitars because we, we started this conversation last time. And Jack, you, you have at least one headless guitar. And I'm not sure if they're a gimmick or a travel guitar or they're actually a decent instrument. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to talk about this. We're going to discuss it. We're going to put it on the table. And at the end of this, we're going to walk away friends smiling with an answer. That's, that's, that's what I'm proposing anyway. That's what I'm proposing. So um, yeah, it's time for our guest. Right, as I said, um, if you have any questions for Jack, please put them on the screen now. I will save them to my little favorites folder and we will get them on there. Firstly, um, we'll re-welcome you to the show, Mr. Jack Gardner. Welcome Yo, back to the show. It's been a while. Hey. Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's changed since we spoke to you last? What have you been up to? Something good, I think. I can't remember if last time we'd started the process of the new album. I don't know if I mentioned that. Well, I don't even know if it lasted that long. Last time, so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall you saying anything about it. So nope. let's say no, you didn't. Right. A new album, you yeah. say? Yeah. So we are in the final stages at the minute. We're recording final leads. Um, this is with Owain. Um, we good. started writing, I think, was it two months ago, maybe? Um, and yeah, it's just like the process because there's two of us working on it. 
pretty much all the time. It's really quick. We hardly ever have any arguments. It's it's a case of like, I rate maybe one and a half minutes to two minutes, then he'll rate another minute. It's just like a super easy process. But now we're having some slight issues with noise in this apartment in Switzerland. So we are trying to battle that, figure out ways to, to get rid of it essentially. And I have some new pickups in my guitars, which I can't say too much about. But um, yeah, we're prototyping some really cool pickups in the AZs. That's why I've got a Tom Quayle signature, if anyone's seen that about. Um, mm -hmm. We're using that to test some single coils and humbuckers. So yeah, it's yeah. going really cool. Yeah. You, you just released a video uh, with that guitar, uh, Spain, right? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah with yeah. the Tom Quail back in track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a backstory behind that because uh, like 20, I think in 2018, Tom and Martin were touring and uh, Tom was playing Spain every night as the very first song. So <laughs> like basically when we got off the venue, everyone was like, you know, having, having that in, in, in the back of their minds. And it was like a disease. So he, at, at the end of the tour, he said, like, I promise I'm never going to play that. <laughs> ah, was that that comment when that, he said, yeah. ah, now that makes sense. Because it was like, when he was like, I'm spreading it, I was thinking. Hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. This? He created his own pandemic. <laughs> yes, Spain's that was it. Pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is playing Spain now. <laughs> yeah. It's such a wicked version that he plays, yeah. though, isn't it? The, that backing yeah, track yeah. is, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. For those of you who haven't checked that out, that's the Elba Triangle, I think is the name of the project. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool. Uh, great, great track. And I was wondering when I saw you playing that, uh, you're on, are you also playing in fours like Tom does? No, 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 no I, I would right? not survive in fours yeah, at okay. all. <laughs> Standard tuning all the way. Man. Okay. Because I, I was, I was, I was I figuring like, about that. Tom, if, if Tom was your teacher, was it hard for you to transition from his fourth tuning or was he giving you lessons in? in standard tuning at that time no so he would always stay in fourths but the way which tom taught me i think we only had maybe like four or five formal lessons where okay. a lot of it is based around uh, visualizing intervals so yes that will change for him when it comes to the the b string and the high e string but the concept mm -hmm. is the same you just have to translate it to your tuning which i mean i did try going into fourths i think one day and it lasted about 20 minutes before i realized that you couldn't play <laughs> an open e chord or like an yeah. open d chord like so function gigs would be a no-no imagine if you play an open e and you've got a c and an f as the top two notes it's just yeah clash <laughs> not nice yeah. at all yeah. yeah all right that's cool um let's do you mind jack if i go straight for this question from the live chat because Sirkin has been asking for a while it's yeah. quite a long question, okay? So I'll read it out, and then maybe we'll have an answer for us. It's regarding technique and stuff. So yeah. Sirkin Korkmaz says, uh, Jack Gardner's touch is incredible. Oh. I've been working on Solo One in Modern Improv slash Jack Tram Jam Track Essential for six months, five hours a day, and I still can't play Clarity as much as him. Oh, man. I guess he played it in just five minutes and recorded after six months, I realized that in some parts, I discovered that some finger movements can be faster when hand stance is completely perpendicular to the ground. 
And now I have started all six months again. Did he go through these processes himself or do some of the excellent points of this playing come from him as an innate talent? Jack. Oh, that is super sweet. Thank you so much, man. Way too kind. But um, the first part of the question, was it something about dynamics and clarity uh, i think you mentioned it's on screen again so jack's touch is incredible you just wanted me to say that again oh, i've been yeah. working on solo feed me. one feed me. <laughs> i still can't play clarity as much as him so i think it's to do with clarity and is right. clarity a track or does he actually mean clear i think by that he means like the dynamics and like the micro touches and things like that mm -hmm. um which is something that i think I really, really try to work on. Um, a lot of people, when like you're learning phrases or transcribing things or learning other people's music, you often can like only think about the notes and only think about the technique and you know that kind of side of it. Whereas for me, if I'm listening to a player, I'm always listening to what makes them sound like them. So like the vibrato, the the subtleties, the micro bends, you know, like things where you're bending from a note which is technically wrong, it's technically flat, but it fits the whole minor third thing into major third, you know, there's that perfect sweet spot in between. Um, and that's something that I find that like a lot of players tend to neglect. Like for me, if I hear like a, a player play a ridiculous line and then there's bad vibrato at the end of it, I'm put off, like I won't really listen anymore. Like bad vibrato kills people, I think, you know, in that sense. <laughs> Um, so for me, one thing I always would suggest is like, listen to guys that really have control over those dynamics. A perfect example is Andy Timmons. He is like the, the king of that. Um, but also like the blues guys, a lot of people, especially in like the metal world tend to neglect the blues players and treat it as like, you know, the, the boom and stuff, but that's where a lot of feel in inverted commas and touch and taste and tone comes from. And that's what I find in a player kind of makes them stand up from other players. When it's just this like flat dynamic level, mm -hmm. I'm just not interested in it. You know, there's, there's a time and a place for that, of course, in the metal stuff when you want something hyper produced and hyper, you know, like this in terms of dynamics, where it's a sheer tour de force of technique. But I do think that that gives away, I mean, the subtleties give away what type of player the player is does yeah. that make sense absolutely um maybe, maybe second so, tell us if, if the answer yeah so second's definitely really still here um yeah. i guess to try and clear this up for him he says he's gone through the process twice if i understand it correctly mm. uh, jack well what would you be your suggestion if he feels he's not achieving what he wants to achieve that that clarity that that dynamics those note um little nuances what i'd say is like um to loop just maybe one note or one bend or one example of vibrato and try to mimic it. But there's there's like loads of exercises you can do to, to practice your vibrato, um, which is usually the worst offender. You know, when vibrato is bad, we can hear it's bad. But um, one thing which I used to do was to imagine visualizing like, here's, here's the pitch. If we're only using our fingers, if we're not using a whammy bar, it's essentially a, an illusion where it's pushing up and coming back down to the target note. What a lot of people do is they push up and then they never return to that like original pitch. So you're only ever hearing this kind of sharp, nasty mm -hmm. thing going on. So 
you, you can practice that in a number of ways. You can do it in time. So you can give yourself like a certain subdivision where whether that's like triplets, whether that's on beat two, whether, you know, any kind of subdivision, but see how it feels, but always make sure you return into that original pitch. Recording yourself is the biggest thing as well, man. Like we all think, I think as we play, that we sound a certain way. And it's only when you listen back that you go, oh, actually, that wasn't that cool. I think there has to be like a, a separation, you know, from, I think there was, I'm sure there was one study I, I read where like you can't actually tell how good like a tone is or how good the playing is until you're not doing it in the moment. You know, there's like this idea that you need to, you have a, a predetermined idea in your head of what something sounds like until you hear it back. So recording yourself, definitely is a giveaway i think he mentioned something else though about like the hand being perpendicular was that about technique was that yeah uh it says yes uh i discovered that some finger movements can be faster when the hand position is completely perpendicular to the ground right okay i think i know what you mean is in like it's like this part of the hand is facing vertically down so you see, like, that, that's how I understand it. So, like a very classical maybe, approach, right? Like thumb behind yeah, rather the neck. than yeah. rather than angled comfort. Yeah. yeah, like with in terms of hand positioning. Like, I mean, I started with classical guitar, so that I remember the book that they gave us in school had like a picture of the hand and a hammer, and it was basically like if your thumb comes up, the hammer comes down. You know, when you're like Whoa! nine year old kid, you're thinking. <laughs> This is a bit brutal. Yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. You know, it must have been a book from twenty years before I was in school. But yeah. um, so that was kind of drilled in. I always think that classical position is nine times out of ten better for technique. Um, keeping the thumb behind, but there's no strict rules with it. Like sometimes, if I'm playing something that's mega stretchy, my thumb can angle behind here. The majority of the time, it tends to be somewhere in between, especially for the legato, like the first and the second finger. But again, it depends on the stretch. But then again, a lot of the bending stuff and the subtlety stuff, if I, if I call it that, the thumb has to come over. And that's to give the support to the bend. So yes, for technique, practice with the thumb alone, keep the hand nice and straight. But if you want to nail those subtleties, it can be much harder if that thumb is behind. I think a lot of people with vibrato, and I'm sorry I'm bringing it up again, but that like good vibrato saves lives. Like this, like the finger movement, I see a lot of guys do that where they're using their finger to, to, to get the vibrato sound. That for me personally doesn't work. That's when it sounds rubbishy. Like you should be able to practice like the whole movement to pull them down. Like I, I don't know if you guys know Chris Book. Have you guys watched mm -hmm. him at all? Yeah. Yep. Like you yeah. see, he physically moves the guitar, like as yeah. he's playing. It's the movement. I've seen guys like John Mayer. I do this sometimes where the thumb actually comes completely off the neck, and it's this movement. So, like the whole arm rather That's than the BB King move. BB King was doing yeah. that. He was moving, you know, really, really far. Um, yeah. Brian May is kind of the opposite. I and mean, Brian May does a lot of the side to side, and that's where I get some of my stuff from mm. when I do actually add some vibrato. I'd like to put something forward to to Circon and that's string gauge. I'm just thinking maybe maybe the just thinking something else that the string gauge you're playing could be too thick. 
Um, because mm. I know that when I'm playing on nines, I have a lot more control over my bends than I do when I'm in tens. And maybe that's something in case, you know, your, your hand position is fine. I can't believe I'm trying to give advice over Jack Gardner, but um, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I'm just, I just popped in there that string gauge might be a, a factor to consider. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you guys. I'm a tens guy through and through nines. I feel like I can't control my bends at all, but they do give better tone, don't they? So it's apparently, um, you know, 11s, I don't mind, but I find that I, if the setup is bad, this starts to ache. You know, if it's a guitar that's mm. set up perfectly, then, yeah, 11s are fine, but 10s seem to be, like, the happy midpoint, you know. So I hope, Sirkin, I hope you're still here. Jack, thank you for that. Some some personal service. Um, I'd love to know, Sirkin, if, if we are anywhere near what you were asking and if there's anywhere near a solution. And um, at the very least, that was really interesting to hear you talk about how you achieve it, Jack. It was, um, I, I zoned out for a little bit. I was just fully focused. I forgot I was on the show. I was listening, getting my personal tuition. Um, Sarang is asking, have you tried nine and a half, Jack? <laughs> no, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> well, now you do. Now there's something to, to try. Um, yeah, so if you've got any questions for Jack, any burning questions, let us know. <clears throat> I really want to talk about this headless thing. Because when I think headless guitars, I for some reason, Jack, you're one of the first people that pops into my head. Um, now, <laughs> Daniel, you'll do a much better job than I will, because Jack, being an Ibanez artist, you can tell us shortly about the headless Ibanez guitars that are on, on offer that Jack seems to enjoy. Well, is that the uh, the play like the position where I do the shameless marketing plug? No. Absolutely, <laughs> go for it, mate. Go for it. Actually, here's the, here's the thing. You know, I, I didn't even like I've never met Jack before, so it's pretty cool that we get the chance to meet here. And I uh, I wasn't really into the whole process involved into the process why he picked the guitar. So I'm I'm actually mm -hmm. like probably the worst person to to ask why he was picking the headless guitar. You know, what mm -hmm. I can say about them is that they are they are super light, but they are also surprisingly powerful when it comes to the tone that they create and uh, you know me not being a headless guy and ending up actually purchasing one of the q models from ibanez was probably a sign that they are pretty pretty easy to play even for an average player that's not used to neither the slanted frets nor to you know the the headless construction but i just find it super comfy they are powerful and uh yeah there was something from it visually i didn't gravitate towards them but tone wise and from the feel it was something that that felt pretty comfy and you know i liked so i ended up buying one mm -hmm. what about you what about you jack what was like how were you involved in the whole project and, and you know yeah so i think tyler had reached out way back when when they were still prototyping them um mm -hmm. and i think i chose so i chose the qx52 which is the the dual humbucker, isn't it? Um, but part of me kind of wishes that I'd gone for one of the HSS ones that I'm used to tonal-wise. Um, okay. But no, I mean, for me, I played headless guitars before, um, so I knew kind of what the ballpark is with them. Um, and what really surprised me, I think, was how, although other companies are building headlesses, they tend to either be really expensive or it's this like low price range kind of thing 
mm-hmm. where you lose that quality. And I feel like with the Q series, like this is personal now, like that they nailed that. There's still, there's the ergonomics there, there's the playability. In terms of the neck itself, it's one of the easiest necks I've ever played. Like when you go from the Q back to the AZ, sometimes it's like, oh my God, this feels like a dad guitar. You know, like it's, it's <laughs> much bigger kind of thing. I call the Q like my little super shredder because if I need something yeah. that's really technical, it's the one to go for. Yeah. Like the slanted frets at first, I didn't understand. I thought that they were like true temperament, but the more I think Tyler explained to me that it was for, you know, when you play like chordal ideas with the right hand. Correct. Like yeah. that's something that I don't tend to do. But I found actually with voicings with the left hand that that was more ergonomic up there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have like a real tight spot, that felt great to me with the left hand, which was cool. Um, what else about them? They, ah, oh, there was something I was going to say. Ah, the the roasted bird's eye with babinga. That's a <laughs> really cool looking neck, I think. I think it's one of them that I'd maybe like on an AZ. It does look smart with the gold hardware as well. Mine's jet black. I know the others, they've got like a blue burst, I think, haven't you, Dan? Like a HSS yep. one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why it goes with quilt maple, quilt maple cap. Yep. Yeah. I really like the looks of that. The only like downside I'd say for mine with the pickups is that they're a little bit dark for my liking. Um, mm-hmm. I just like a little bit of a brighter sound. But currently mine's tuned actually in F standard for, it's another project that I've been working on that I can't really say much at the minute. Um, and what I noticed was actually that I didn't need it set up, even though I was going into F, it was just like, bump, there we go, we're happy, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to settle. So yeah, I'd say like overall in a couple of words, it's a super shredder. One thing I did forget is that there's no bashing the headstock on the desk. That is super important. <laughs> like the amount of times my AZ, I've gone like this and gone, oh my God, I've done it again. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wins, the desk or the guitar? I don't know, actually. There's a few chunks on both, I'm sure. <laughs> Call it draw. Call it draw. Yeah. <laughs> the the first headless I played <clears throat> belonged to Guillaume from Tolman. He had the the classic Strandberg, and um, being a, a kind of back then, it was so long ago in both time and I guess experiences. I looked at it and I thought, "What the hell is that?" And I I just I just didn't get it. And I knew Guillaume was a very stratty kind of guy, and he had this Strandberg, and I thought, "There's." It just didn't fit. My eyes could not understand what was going on. And and then he showed me the neck of the Strandberg, which is this sort of half hexagonal sort of shape, very square, very angled, um, even though the edges are rounded off. And he said he loved it and he let me have a go. And it was one of the best moments I've ever had as a complete flip as a, as a looking at something to playing it and then having a player's opinion. I thought, wow, this is super comfortable. The way the body fat, uh, sat into my body. Uh, I, I loved the guitar and uh, yeah, I had to give it back, of course, but really, really did enjoy. Uh, and it was, I think it was the, the one that looks like a telly, you know, so it was particularly sure. cool looking once, once I got past that weirdness of it, which I think is what turns a lot of people off from headless guitars. And I've been reading the live chat sneakily. And I think most of the comments that are coming in are about appearances 
rather than um, technique or feeling ab ability or the or the comfort that, uh, that some of the headless guitars offer. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to wager that some of the people commenting have never actually played one and have just looked at one and are similar to that person I was when I saw Guillaume playing that Strandberg and said, <laughs> um, and I'm not trying to convert anybody. It's just I was yeah. that person. Yeah. Uh, and then, then of course, I, I played the Q series as well for my Ibanez and I played the, I, I reviewed the, the Itchy signature a man was that thing hard to give back mm -hmm. that is that is a beautiful guitar it's a matte finish um i'm doing your job for you now Dan. by the way just yep. you know it was a wonderful beautiful guitar exquisite um <laughs> yeah it, it felt like a strat that was even more comfortable um yep. so it looks ridiculous on me because i'm so big and this tiny little body of the guitar looked like i was playing a, a little mini guitar which uh, there are many anyway but yeah, uh, I think it's one of the most comfortable guitars I've ever played, the Itchy, and it sounds great. Um, kind of sounds a bit like a Strat, but not. And I think, Jack, this one's actually a little brighter, so you should definitely mm. take a look at the Itchy signature. It's single coils. Yeah. But um, for me, I felt like, you know, like with a classic Fender Strat and a Tele even, they're, they're such old designs that they were not really thought of for the style of music that you know might be played by shredders and i think this is a guitar that has come from ergonomics i'm not talking about the particular yeah. the ibanez now dan i'm talking about generally these style of guitars for me they confuse our eye but when one plays one i could understand shredding even though i can't and don't shred i could see me doing it on such an instrument as a tool mm -hmm. and that's why i i dig headless guitars I did yeah. see a story from one guy who'd said that he hadn't been able to like play for 10, 15 years. And when he tried the headless, that all of a sudden there was no pain, which I found really interesting. You know, if, if, if anyone's got hand issues, I would say the necks on the Q series. And of course, like the Strandberg as well, like, um, they do have this ergonomic thing. You don't feel like you, you battle them with the instrument to play, mm -hmm. especially for the kind of faster stuff, like, that's why I call it a super shredder. It's it it feels almost it's not too easy in the sense that you feel like oh my god I can't play, mm -hmm. but it just makes everything softer. Like you're not straining for anything. You're not really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I'm not a shredder, but I could see myself developing such techniques easier on that guitar and on the on that series of guitars and. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it really, really intrigued me. And then I see people like yourself, Jack, playing it. I'm like, okay, that makes absolute sense to me, having played it. And um, just going to um, put April's comment on, on screen because April says, I'm that person too, the one I was referring to. Never played a headless, just can't get past how it looks. Also, how it looks, also not a shredder. Firstly, thank you for, for putting that there, April, because um, that's a, you know, a nice thing to be honest about it. All I can say is I urge you to try one. Um, just don't take it to a blues jam, I would say, because you might get. Um, but here's the thing: you can you can even get a, get away at a blues jam because people they will not be expecting the tones you can get out of them, you know, with with the switching systems and everything. But um, yeah. you know, for me, it's kind of striking if you if you played it and you figured out that how much tone you can get out out of such a light instrument, and then you compare it, let's say, to a, I know Les Paul at five kilograms, it kind of mm. you know raises a couple questions. 
marks how do i you know torture myself at some point with with heavy guitars if there are so you know so so many or, or at least a couple super comfortable you know travel friendly instruments that you can kick and they are completely fine you know that's what i was going to say travel wise then like taking one of them on a plane yeah. They, they, there's never a question they just assume it's like a tennis racket or something you know like yeah. Yeah. it's just one of them like yeah. especially if you flip the bag upside down that's a key tip if you've got a headless out there <laughs> down, no questions asked you know yeah yeah, I'm even I mean, if, that, if I play the guitar, for for instance, if I cannot uh, sleep, I, I just grab the cue and I fiddle around a little bit, and then I just put it on my bedside table. It's so small that it, you know, it will even stay on the bedside table. Yeah, it's find it find it remarkable. But yeah. I just want to make a point that it's 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 a pretty interesting uh, finding from from your side because it's so spot on. These guitars are not you know designed to be just for the super straighters because it's not like the regular super thin wizard neck. Where you can only go fiddly, 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 and you have mm. to have that kind of perfect, almost classically trained position, you know, with the hammer from top if, if the thump comes up. <laughs> but with that said, that parallel wizard neck is still comfortable to a degree that it has a little bit of meat, but it's still flat and, and easy to play. So it's like a super kind of convenient medium, you know, between both worlds. It's it's it's, it's it doesn't have too much flesh. It's not a V or something, but it's still also not super super thin. So it kind of you know, it's inviting for people that come from, you know, baseball bats, but also that come from the shredders realm, and that's what I think they they pretty much nailed with with that series. One hundred percent. I think it's like the bending, isn't it? That people will be worried about. Like that is usually the thing I notice with the super thin necks. You tend to mm -hmm. overbend, and you can't really place where a note should be. But yeah, with the cue, it takes like a couple of minutes, and it feels natural also like the slanted frets tend to put people off i've noticed that yeah. like they think why visually that messed me yeah. up but it takes a couple of minutes maybe it was the same for you andy when you first tried that one of guillaume's like you don't even notice it after a minute like it's, it's absolutely it's in there my eyes got in the way of what actually was being put in front of me my my perception of what it would be like as soon as you put it didn't even take minutes to be honest jack and it just took I don't know that you know when you either gel with a guitar or you don't as soon as you pick it up uh, as you said i just didn't notice there was anything different yeah. and once i had um once i'd convinced myself that if i just played the guitar like i normally would it would find the right places where the fret should be it just felt even more comfortable so i i'm a massive proponent of, of slanted frets and mm -hmm. for ergonomics and it's interesting um benjamin luo just put a, ch uh, a comment up saying the older I get, the more important ergonomics become, especially lightweight construction. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And as Dan, you kind of hinted on, I don't think you take a hit in tone for having less wood and less shape and less guitar. I used to think this. I used to play Les Pauls because I thought I wanted a thick, heavy tone. And I found out it was more actually about the pickups that I was searching for rather than uh, a big old piece of tree, you know? Yeah. Um, Keith's asking if we can throw up a picture of Dan's or Jack's guitar. So I'm sure Dan has one somewhere. Um, and he can WhatsApp it to me and I'll throw it up on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Keith. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, yeah. Um, uh, April, um, April is asking also, just curious, why are the frets slanted? Is it intonation? Um, Dan, do you want to take that one? I think um, Jack already explained it. It's it's supposed to be angled because a lot of players, um, you know, they play modern styles. They 
often you know, use right-hand techniques like tapping and you know, things like that, or tapped harmonics. So in order to not have to move the hand too much, you know, in line with the neck, keep it like in a more natural position, those kind of uh, slanted frets kind of facilitate, you know, reaching those notes. And also, I got to say for adult chords, if you, you know, play chords with a wide span, I think it's actually adult. pretty comfy. Yeah. What did you call them? Adult chords. Adult chords. <laughs> yeah. I'm stealing that. <laughs> Never heard that before. No, that's yeah. that's not for me. That's Steve Lukather who, who said uh, it's learn right. learn your chords. You know, adult chords. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope um, I hope April that answers your question. Uh, Poon Ninja's back, and yes, you did you did miss by Bower or Burn. That's in the past, and it doesn't matter who won or lost, or <laughs> it's over now. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we ever got the answer to the question from from the guy that asked Serkin. Oh, Serkin is back. Um, let's let's put it on screen. Lots of questions for Jack. I love how how we can have questions for our guests from the chat. Mm. Ibanez AZ now perfectly fills in the lack of mid frequencies in Jack's Strandberg videos. Mid actually annoying in AZ, but it is perfectly balanced with Jack, like it was made for him. Got a big fan there, Jack. Thank you very much, man. Is that the same guy as before? Yes. Oh, I'll pay him later. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not a second account that you have, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know when I'm going down here. <laughs> Jack is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, what else do I want to say? Oh, yeah. I once had an experience with a guitar, a headless guitar, at Music Messe in Germany in 2018, and it was. I was walking around with my camera um, way back in the. 4,000 subs era of this channel when I was you know really green and and, and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and this gr guy grabs me and says you've got to come over and try this guitar they're they're made in Korea they are headless they're all these ergonomic shapes and he was really really saying massive things about it trying to get me to come over and I did and um, in fact this is before I tried Guillaume's Strandberg so I was that person then you know the the uh, guy and I interviewed this guy who played it and it was completely out of intonation. There was nothing in tune. And then I had a go and um, it was one of the worst guitars I've ever played in my life. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was two and a half thousand euros. Wow. So there were no financial excuses because you mentioned earlier, right, right at the top of the, sh the, the, the topic was, you know, you can get some cheaper versions where they don't quite deliver. This one did not deliver, but was more expensive than it should have been. Um, so, I mean, that can go with any guitar. I'm not being fair on, on I won't mention the, the brand of the company, mainly because I can't remember who they were. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, is it harder to make a headless guitar because of the machining and all that sort of thing? Is it therefore more expensive? It's hard to say. I mean, you've got you to acknowledge that the curves on the on the Q range are very very sophisticated so it's more you know comparable to let's say a JS series with the aerofoil shaping that is not even so all you know the curves and the intricacies you know that that are uh, below the the tuning uh, the tuning cylinders it's i think it's probably a little bit more expensive to make or there's more you know you need more more drilling tools more machinery to kind of get those shapes out of it but you know, I don't know. From with modern 
modern CNCs, I don't see why why that should be a biggie. You know, once you get once you have everything programmed, it's just a matter of time. So mm. I mean, it's not a tally, obviously, but also I think what what is more cool. important, like I just said, what is even more important um, is that the the hardware is good. I think because you know with with those um, with the headless guitars, you kind of lock in the the strings. You know, you have a a lock at the top, and then you also have you lock them in at the bottom, and then uh, you screw it until it's nice and tight. And um, to have those kind of the, the hardware be very smooth and be easy to to turn, and also be long lasting, that's that's probably the one of the main obstacles when developing a guitar like that. So um, yeah. On the cues, I'm pretty happy to report that it's it's super smooth. It's called the monotune bridges, so it's got six or seven individual bridges, so each string is separated from each other. And you know, tuning the guitar, it's it's a breeze. It's super smooth. It's you know, you can reach it super easily. And for me, that's that's one of the most important parts. That's also why you know I'm usually not a guy to to you know use gold hardware, because over time that usually deteriorates and looks ugly and even can you know. Uh, detrimental to the actual use of the instrument or the tram, tram unit yeah. mm -hmm. but the cues they're good yeah i have to agree I, I was worried because they seem very close together the tuning rods i guess you call them the the, the actual thing mm -hmm. that you turn um mm -hmm. but yeah i was very surprised to find out that um it's second nature like jack when you said with the, with the slanted frets as soon as you've done it a couple of times second i could easily do it on stage there was no worries about you know, yep. freaking out, playing it on stage and not mm. being able to tune my own instrument. Um, I will you say asked one. for... Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Man. Um, Maybe I'm going to be the negative one now, but I would say if you are gigging, usually it's a good idea to bring a spare. I mean, you should bring a spare anyway. But I remember not with the Q-Series, but with the Strandberg, we did a pretty important gig and first tune, I snapped a string, brand new strings, and had to like run backstage and to restring them can take <laughs> a minute or two. So yeah. like, you know, when you play into an intro track, you're kind of nervous anyway. And then that happens. It was like, ah, run back, yeah. you know? So that's the only thing about headless that it can take a bit of time, you know, to make sure you've got a spare guitar. That's all yeah. I'd say. I'd never snapped a string ever again on one, but yeah, it was, that moment and that kind of taught me my lesson, <laughs> shall we say. That must suck. Yeah, yeah I mean, it it's not it's not edged tremolo or Floyd Rose sort of territory, but it, it certainly isn't something like like a like a telly again to bring it back to simplicity. Um, you can't just whack a new string on nope. whilst bending other ones. Yeah, nope. <laughs> um, someone asked for some pictures. Dan sent them to me, so I'm going to put them on screen. This is Dan's blue one. Um, so that's what we're talking about right at the end. Sorry, Jack, you're covered up at the moment. Um, we got these, the, what were they called? Monotune bridge yep. bridges. Yep. Correct. Um, Monotune bridges. And those sort of roddy sticky things at the end that you turn those, that's the, that's the tuning pegs. And that's what I was talking about, uh, regarding it's actually been pretty mm -hmm. easy. Second picture is the same guitar, Dan, with a brother next to it. Correct. That's the seven string. I think that's the one that Jack also owns, right? No, 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 I've got the black what? six string, uh, HH. I oh, I was under the impression you also had the seven string. Ah, I've got the seven string AZ. That's ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. 
But maybe maybe we can turn the attention to one more guitar because I am always in awe when I see another posted about it. Could you show us briefly the amazing AZS? This one. Exactly. Oh perfect. my god. Oh man, this is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just okay. <laughs> Are you into that, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've forgotten which one it was, but yeah, I am. I'm not normally into that sort of. Uh, that sort of quilty top by more into flat colors but that one is particularly pretty yeah oh man <laughs> i couldn't believe it and then when the guy oh, i'm gonna feel really bad for not remembering the name but i've known switzerland he had one here <laughs> oh okay can i was have it... that please okay yeah. and that was it that was it that was that one yeah wow <laughs> wow okay she's yeah, seriously that's, pretty she's yeah, a beauty. that's a good looking guitar yeah. Well, we might have time for one more question from the chat. Uh, there's a few more popping up. Uh, generally, ah, here's a question that I would like to ask that's also in the chat from I Love It All. And that is, will there ever be a Trem version of the Quest? Is it technically possible? Goes to me? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has been considered. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that there are like technical restrictions that would prevent the Q series in general to have a, a trim, you know, develop, but um, it's tricky. And I think we discussed it in earlier episodes, developing hardware from scratch is usually one of the most expensive parts of, of uh, designing an instrument because you got to AB and, you know, you got to talk to the manufacturers of hardware because this stuff is proprietary. It doesn't exist. So they come up with shapes, with molds, and you got to do a lot of testing. And that's super, super, super expensive. Also, you know, because of material with the, um, Jack mentioned the AZ line, they were testing materials for saddles. So you have to produce the stuff get it to the artist, get some feedback, reevaluate, go back to the factory, do some fine tuning. It's a lot of labor, it's a lot of costs, and it's a lot of time. So it's not as easy as it sounds sometimes, you know, even if people come up with, oh, can't you do a lefty? Sure, you can, but, you know, with the monotune bridges, it's probably easier, but with a, with a trem unit, for instance, you can't just simply flip it. You have to create new molds and all that. And that's that's fairly expensive and, and you know time consuming. So I w wouldn't rule it out because there's a lot of demand from players, probably like Jack, but also from well. <laughs> <laughs> but also you know from 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 dealers that see potential and also from the market because there are not too many uh, uh, headless guitars in that price range. Um, but it takes time, and you know especially given the current circumstances with a lot of factories being closed due to COVID, I don't see it happen too soon. You know, so yeah, let's see what the future will bring. I think that with the itchy signature that I reviewed, the trem system would have been the icing on the cake. It would have been yeah. the one thing that would, if I were a traveling musician, as, as we said, Jack, that would be the guitar that I would take then because it's so easy to travel with, so easy to carry and play tennis with, as you said. Um, but the trem system, I feel like I might have been missing something a little bit, even. Yeah, that would have been, as I said, the, the little cherry on top. Yep. Um, and yeah, and thanks for answering that, Dan. I didn't want to put you on the spot or anything like that, but um, okay. I thought okay. if I asked you privately, you might just say maybe, but on, on a live show, you might actually give me an answer. <laughs> 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 
Um, oh, so sweet. I love it all. Thank you for asking the question because I got to divert the blame onto you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I would be interested to know what's 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 next for Jack. I mean, you already uh, teased a little bit about the new album. Is it mm. pretty much uh, in line with Escapade, or is it much different compared to to the debut EP? No, so we released um, in August like a full-on collab album. So the guy Owain, he produced Escapades, but it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic that we kind of met each other over Facebook. Mm -hmm. that, that was a really weird story, but we ended up becoming like literally best friends. Like he's the godfather of my child now. We spoke every day during the pandemic. Wow. Like, eight to 12 hours you know and <laughs> after we released like escapades we were like why don't we do a full-on collab album so we released i don't know if you've seen the artwork for it but um shredemption we called it yeah um, back in august which was okay. like I, i think in fusion music there's a lot of seriousness and like in prog and stuff like that so we were kind of like hang on why don't we just have a bit of fun with this? Like, let's not take ourselves too seriously. We got reviews <laughs> from like Per Nielsen and stuff like that, just to like slate the album. <laughs> made a poster out of it. Um, so we're kind of continuing on with that theme. Um, on the first one, we were lucky to have Henrik Linder from Dirty Loops on that, mm -hmm. who was like, for me in a way, cool. he was an absolute, you know, when I say childhood, teenage hero, because we were teenagers when he came out. Um, but yeah, there it is. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, because that one doesn't have the the quotes. I don't know if you've seen that, Andy, the poster. Uh, I haven't, or, or maybe oh. I have. Oh no, yeah, it's it's and yes, I have. Um, if I brought it up on screen, it would. Uh, yeah, be... I can't find it. Mm. But we're basically. Like... I... Oh, you got yeah. it. <laughs> I, I will have it if you if you want to finish your your thoughts. I'm trying <laughs> to. So we're, we're, I think we're planning like a trio of like releases. Um, this is going to be the second one. Um, yeah, I'm just saying this one is not going to feature. I don't think maybe it'll have someone on there, but it's mainly just those two. And then we're going to give ourselves some time for the third one, I think. But there are a ton of notes on this one. I thought, oh man, <laughs> we haven't got many shreddy tunes. And then... I listened to the full thing today and it was like, oh, actually, maybe we should have dialed a few notes back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It's one of them. I guess we'll see. Great. Uh, I have the image. I'll just read some of the reviews. I like the title. It says, this is the soundtrack to a truck driver's divorce. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, three stars, social worker fusion, no feel, <laughs> one star, <laughs> Boomer magazine, <laughs> wannabe fusion, love that, lol, this is the kind of music my dad listens to, <laughs> and um, a career-defining moment for Gardner, imagine Guthrie Govan if you ordered him from wish.com. <laughs> 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 I love, I love how how um, how much fun you've had with that. That's amazing. Oh, I really, really uh, applaud that. That's fantastic. I think it's important, isn't it, to not really yeah, well, take yourself too seriously with it all. You know, like yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and honestly, um, I, I sometimes get turned off by fusion style guitar because of how serious it is. Mm. And when I 
heard the Search Redemption stuff and saw the poster, honestly, the poster was what did it for me to you know take the final <laughs> steps to actually listening to it. So your marketing worked. Um, oh, yeah, it just it made it more accessible to me, even if the music itself had been exactly the same. Um, yeah, it just made it more human. So oh, yeah, thanks, you you did it. We like to throw in a few little Easter eggs. I don't know if you've heard like one of the tracks when we were coming up with song titles. You know, a lot of the stuff in Fusion can be very serious. It will involve like mathematical terms or yeah. things like that. And we were like, what about Shredder's Dead but live at the Budokan? And so, like, there's a really bad clapsing like sample in there at the end. I don't know if you've heard that where there's like five people clapping. Imagine the Budokan. <laughs> so stuff like that like that we're hoping to continue on this new album at least we've, we've got a meeting with the artwork guy tomorrow and i think it's going to be just as ridiculous as the first one if we're lucky <laughs> well i'll uh, i'll speak for dan and myself and the entire guitar stories community when i say we wish you the best of luck, but not too oh. much luck, but you still have to work for it, you know. <laughs> Don't tell me that. It's been two weeks already, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming back, and I'm so happy to have you on for an absolute full show, almost. Oh, we um, made it. <laughs> yeah, we made it. Yeah. We did it. Um, yeah, thank you for answering all my headless questions, and I think... I mean, there was something I sillily posed. Is it just a gimmick for a headless or is it an actual true, true instrument? And I can't decide for anybody, but hopefully listening to this, then at least we, I want to convert some people from looking at it and going, ooh, to actually just picking it up and giving it a go. And I think that's, that's the best we can do. And then just watch Jack play it and then, then you'll be convinced. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Dan, would you ask our good friends on the audio version to give us five Absolutely. stars in the review, please? Absolutely. If you enjoyed this show, if you enjoyed Jack Gardner, do ourselves a favor. Grab your cell phone, grab the smartphone of your wife, grab the smartphone of your dog or your neighbor and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or on Spotify. And if you like, subscribe to Andy's channel and give this show a thumbs up. And also, if you want to see Jack Gardner in action and you are anywhere close to the Swiss area, Make sure to check out the uh, Montreal International Guitar Show that's taking place uh, end of April because Jack is going to give a live performance there alongside other incredible artists like Martin Miller or John Gomm. Thanks for reminding me about that, Dan. I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Better put that in the diary. Oh, yeah. That's next one. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you to the people in the live chat. Thank you to the audio people as well. And again, Jack, thank you so much for coming back. And when you've done the album, when you've done the guitar show in Switzerland, um, you can come back again in another few months and we'll find some other strangely specific things to talk about and um, <laughs> and hopefully keep it lighthearted. Oh, no, okay, thank you that's... very much, guys, for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. And I hope I get to see you in person soon at some point. Come to Montreal. Um, <laughs> what day is it, Dan? Next month. Uh, it's uh, I think your <laughs> next your week. show. Yeah. It's uh, double up, up, up. I think the thirtieth, Saturday. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's the, oh, it's the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Wait. 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 It's 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 May first. Saturday. Mm. Sunday. My... May first. Yeah. Ah, that's that's my daughter's one one 
yeah, she'll be one that day, her birthday. So I should remember that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Yep, that's Sunday. Come to a guitar show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at least you're playing. Surprise. Yeah, you're playing 12.30, so that leaves a lot of time for some cake, like afternoon yeah, cake. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Cool. Well, well, that is our show. That's episode 67. We'll be back next week for episode... Well, I'm going to call it episode 68 because that's probably what it is. Um, if we make it, of course. Next week, we have Brian Wampler on the show from Wampler Pedals. Um, if you have any questions, get them ready. Jack, if you have any, you can just you know ask them now and we'll uh, get them into the show next week. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to Brian. He's such a nerd in the best possible way. He knows so much. So I'm really looking forward to a pedal-centric episode. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you soon. As as Dan said, you know, like, subscribe, comment, share, uh, all that sort of stuff, and go and see Jack's music because then you can, yep. you know, have a good laugh at the redemption stuff at the very least. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.